0: tried to do all the stuff I knew nobody wanted to do and just trying to make everyone's life as easy as I can. I was lucky not to have a guy like Coach Fight that really threw me in the fire and really tested me to see if I was really about it or not. And luckily enough for me, I just, I love being around the, the staff. I love being around the players there.
1: We have Steve Hauser of Teach Tapes back to kick off another series that we're doing and we're calling the series Teachable Moments. So Steve one, it's exciting to have you back here and getting a, a different perspective on this coaching profession in this Teachable Moments series.
2: 100% Keith, and you know, it's good to have that little pause in between what we did and like the the true football of the week that was, in different areas of the field, and you know, what this is, is hopefully a more human side of teach tapes, right? There's people behind this. It's not just an index, an archive of, you know, the nitty-gritty how to do the simple of Fundamentals that aren't so simple to execute, right? Like, this is the people behind it and kind of their journey on the ups and downs. Because I certainly know we've all been to to each side of that equation.
1: What I think is interesting about the guest in this series is that you're all of a similar age and have been through some similar things. And you're sharing that some of that experience, hopefully, to get some takeaways and help guys out there who are either doing or looking to do the same things that you guys did.
2: No doubt. And you know, I joke with people a lot, Keith, it's like, you can always tell who GA'd and who didn't. There's times where you're you're just the assignment of, is this going to be functional or is this just to CYA? And, you know, you come through and you do whatever assignment's put in front of you and you learn from it and like, hey, how do I want to be now, you know, in that first full-time role or man, I'm in a new staff with a new group I don't know, or man, I've gotten more responsibility throughout and it's really come through the other side with that same staff and those are the guys you stay with and it's the guys that do it the right way and it's you know guys i've worked with personally it's guys i've met through the teach tape side that i've seen that connection to so hopefully this brings a couple different sides of what people experience day to day
1: so our first guest in this series is taylor mauser who is the tight ends coach now at iowa state somebody who you've worked with before and i think uh, an interesting journey along the way as well as the perspective that he's developed
2: hundred percent and mouse talked about you know playing lower level ball didn't really know that crew the the deepest when he got to toledo but he said what do you do with your chance right it's stuffing mailing envelopes it's you know not knowing what the next project is and then you, you latch on and you know tom manning and you learn a bunch of ball and you know end up leading a room with three tight ends that all have a chance to play in the nfl right and you're playing 13 personnel in the big 12 and people are like what is going on here well Because players' formation's plays, right? And we talked about that in the fall, but, you know, Mouse's calling card is always relationships. You know, he's been with those guys uh, when they showed up with Lazard and Hakeem Butler and then moving into the tight end room of, you know, just being what they need him to be and not being someone he's not.
1: Well, as I've said, it's a, a great series. I've been able to listen to them all. I'm excited about it. I think there's takeaways for anybody in the profession, regardless of your age or where you're at. And on the back side of this, we'll share our winning edge takeaways from this episode. So here's the conversation on teachable moments with Steve Hauser and Taylor Mauser. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like Video Pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 814 6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast, or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes.
3: This is Taylor Mauser. Worked with him for three years at Iowa State. He's done everything you can imagine with the Toledo gang, with Campbell riding them, all the way through now. Having some of the best tight ends in the Big 12. Really earned it throughout. Worked with Tom Manning a bunch. Now with Nate Sheilhouse as the OC. Mouse, good to have you on, man.
0: Yeah, Steve, happy to be here, man. Happy to happy to see you again.
3: No doubt. Well, just for the record, Mouse is wearing a Red Wing shirt. It goes with the vibe of the hockey life in Ames. There's plenty of cold air outside, too. Thankfully, he's inside. But Mouse, here's where I want to get into, man. Tell me the difference of Toledo life versus professional Iowa State life. Like the gang's been together for a long time. There's an infamous Tyson bite, your first day on the job in Toledo. Like, tell me how you cut your teeth with that crew leading into now.
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously in Toledo, there was a lot less people than there are here at Iowa State. And when I first got to Toledo, I got there as a unpaid intern and didn't really know what the landscape of my position would have looked like. But I just got done playing football, and i showed up there kind of expected to like get into the football stuff right away and i got with uh John Kruziewski and Tyson White who was our recruiting coordinator and literally they just had me stuff envelopes for probably the first uh 10 weeks i was there um thousands of like tri-folding mail stuffing it sealing it stamping it uh all the graphics all the camp stuff so i just sat in the back room and stuffed envelopes and I was lucky enough. I had family that lived like an hour away, so I was able to stay with them. Made the trek to down to Toledo, uh, stuffed envelopes, did whatever Coach White needed me to do. I, we actually changed recruiting services at that time, so I would take everything from one service, hand put it, you know, type it into uh, whatever service we changed to. There's been a million of them since then. So, just did all the work that nobody else in the building wanted to do. Helped out with with Skip in the ops world. And literally, just I tried to do all the stuff I knew nobody wanted to do, and just try to make everyone's life as easy as I can. And Was lucky not to have a guy like Coach Fight that really threw me in the fire and really tested me to see if I was really about it or not. And luckily enough for me, I just I love being around the the staff and love being around the players there. But it was a it was a crazy experience for sure.
3: This episode needs to be sponsored by Will Caesars.
0: That's right, officially man, yeah.
3: or unofficially. That's right, Mouses hot pizza. Mouse's, Mouse's dad is a, a proud affiliate, a lot of a lot of Little Caesars floating around the building, but I bring up some of the crew that was with you there, too, that came to Ames, right? So Cratch, Fame, like these other guys that have lived it and figured it out, like, tell me, how how has that been really helpful of making the transition to a school with people you already know, right? We were talking about my world of being with the staff that didn't know each other. How much did that help with you being a part of that Rat Pack coming to Ames?
0: Oh, it helped a lot. I think we were able to be really, really efficient with what we wanted to do. And there was never like a get to know you guys and you didn't want to put too much work on on the young guys or work on certain people. And we knew that uh, when Coach Campbell told us that we were coming, that he was putting a lot of trust and was taking a big gamble with taking the job and bringing us with him. So for me, my whole thing is I never wanted to let Coach Campbell down. He was the only guy that really gave me a chance to be in division one football, literally nobody else did. I mean, Coach Manning, almost everything I, I know i learned from from that guy. So when we got here, he gave me and Coach Myers, who was our online line coach, our O-line GA, he gave us a lot of work. We read the playbook. We didn't really even have a playbook at Toledo at the time. So we got here and literally built everything from scratch. And there wasn't ever a time where Coach Campbell or Coach Manning was like afraid to, to give us a task or whatever it might be. We were really the two on the field. I mean, Coach Manning had us viewed as full-time coaches to the rest of the players, even though we weren't. But they gave us a lot of responsibility. They trusted us. Uh, and we had other good, I mean, Christian Smith, who's the D-line coach now at, at Northwestern, was with us. Like, we had such a good staff. We all, almost all of us, lived in the same complex when we first got here. If you remember that, we all lived. I
3: did my time there, too. That's right. Sure. Some like good rates, crash. good monthly rates.
0: Yeah, Reed Keggy, who's our strength coach now. I mean, we all, Chase Clark, who's our equipment manager now. You. Gio. Yo. Willie Cratch, yeah. Gio, we all lived in this uh, brand new apartment complex. So we were able to have a lot of time together. Off the field, we got here, we had a good time and grinded out the first year together and kind of laid the foundation and worked through the bumps in the road since then. But we've always had really good chemistry. Coach Campbell does a great job of making everybody feel important and he treats everybody really well. So he was an easy guy to work for when we got here and we were excited
3: to continue on that, like getting started period of names, I mean, I think it would be crazy to skip past this of what you Colby Cratch, who's now the linebacker coach at North Texas and Derek Hoosier did from, you know, the quote unquote boom room, right. The recruiting yeah. back room of yeah. finding the guys that really helped make Iowa state that, that spark that everyone sees now is kind of stable, right? It certainly wasn't that when it all started, like you could throw out Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, David mm-hmm. Montgomery, like someone had to find those tapes right and tell us a little bit mouse of just finding guys and iowa state historically has been an early offer for a lot of people like someone's got to be that first one to click on the tape
0: yeah so really after uh, i got my ga tenure was up coach campbell wanted to keep me around and gave me this quality control slash recruiting position where i was in charge of the offense and Growing up, before my dad got into the Little Caesars deal, he was a minor league hockey GM. That's why, you know, I love hockey so much. And I really wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to be a front office guy and, like, try and build teams. And when Coach Campbell gave me the chance to, like, run the offensive recruiting, I kind of saw that as my way to be, like, the GM, if you will, quote, unquote, of the offense and try and, like, find the best players I could and get creative with it and have my own processes and still be able to be around the, the coaches and the guys. So. Obviously you got to get really lucky with the people like Brock and the people like Brees, but just uh, creating good relationships with them. And you have to go and you have to uncover every rock you can, especially out here. That's why a lot of those schools like the North Dakota States and the South Dakota States, like they've had such success. Cause they're still willing to, to do the, uh, the old fashioned stuff, to find kids and call coaches. And I used to just sort through max preps and look at the rushing leaders. It's like Easton Dean, our starting tight end, we signed him as a quarterback he led. Kansas in whatever some category and found him when he was like a six seven kid and Brees Hall led Kansas in rushing as a junior and just you know you got to be able to not just get the uh whatever the email update and the offer stuff and try to to go grind and sort the people by height and you look at all the camp people so I I love it I didn't a lot of people didn't like it and it obviously it took a taxing deal because you sit behind a desk and you're just watching film but Every kid's different. Uh, That's like the fun thing about it. You're watching these like 16, 17-year-old kids and trying to project them as 20 to 22-year-old guys. And you got to get lucky, obviously, a lot of it. Like the Brock Purdy one, like he went to my rival high school. Our high schools were two miles away. I knew their head coach was at a different head coach when I played and knocked him out of the playoffs my, my junior year. They came up and I've had a good relationship with him and right place at the right time with him and had a great family. He lives five minutes from my house and after he signed came over and we'd eat breakfast burritos at our our favorite place we grew up eating and go through the install and he came here and just lit it on fire still somebody i'm really close with but yeah that was uh the boom boom rooms what we called it you know a lot of people were coming back there to hang out with with Hooge and with me and cratch and watch film and stuff like that coach campbell so it was a good time
1: We're taking a quick time out from teachable moments here but don't hit that skip button because these 15 to 20 seconds here will save you some time in the future steve tell us what you got going out to these high school and college programs with teach tapes
2: one sentence keith it's pro football focus for drills right how do you do simpler better the things that you wish you had um in those self-scouts from the winter right footwork aiming points tackling ball security it's all trimmed up, cataloged, anything you see on our TeachTapes Twitter, it's the behind the scenes. It's the source of coming into your exos or huddle and making sure that it's available to your players in your cutups, right? That's what we've taken a lot of pride in, is taking this open source information and making it digestible for the players, because that's what they want to see is visuals of the guys they idolize and where they're trying to go. So happy to talk with anybody. Um, it's on teachtapes.org consulting. And we've been fortunate enough to work with Division 1, 1AA, Division 3, and the, some of the best high school programs in the country already. So let's get it going.
3: Mouse, you brought up the word, and it's probably the number one thing. I was writing down some notes before we jumped on here, but if I'm thinking about Mouse, I'm thinking about relationships, right? The way that you can connect with these guys and you know help develop them because they feel comfortable around you, definitely your biggest strength. And that's just echoing what other people have all, always felt in the building, like, just for people like Alan Lazard, Hakeem Butler, you know, Charlie Kowar, right? Those are all NFL guys that Mouse would find time with and get to know. Like, you had a stable at tight ends, Mouse, that first year with all these guys, right? Chase mm-hmm. Allen, Dylan Saner, Charlie. Like, tell me a little bit more about that of, like, just obviously that's your calling card. Like, why do you feel like you got such a good way to to get with those guys?
0: Yeah, I think part of that started with, you know, even going back to when I was a kid and my dad worked in the, the hockey piece of it. I was like the water boy stick kid for all the games. I grew up in a locker room and I got to see what, I mean, these were, it was triple A hockey. So you had really, so you had first, second round, minor league guys that were growing up. And I just, I've I've always really enjoyed being in a locker room and seeing the guys interact with each other. And I thought the vibe that hockey players had was just so, I don't want to say better, but I, I just liked the dynamic of the setup in hockey with the player-coach relationship than I did when I got to football and it was like a military style, yes sir, no sir. And I understood the discipline in it because I I didn't start playing football until I got to high school. And it was like a lot for me to take on, but I appreciated it and I liked it. And I always felt like if I could get to uh, the college level and I could do it the way that I wanted to do it, and I I would just want to see what happened. And then I got to Toledo and the first thing that Coach Campbell said in the first staff meeting I ever sat in was, and it was just, I'm sure he didn't say, it, you know, in every meeting. Basically, the players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I was like, I mean, my college coach—I never heard anything like that from him. That's not a knock on him. And I had a really good high school coach, and he loved us and cared about us, and I would die for that guy. And I knew playing defense, like I played defense in high school, I played defense in college, and now I was the receiver GA at Toledo all of a sudden, and then I didn't have the greatest knowledge of wide receiver play, and I was lucky enough to GA for a guy named Derek Sage, who's the OC at Nevada now. He was a Titans coach at UCLA the last couple of years. So I learned a lot from him and I was like, I know that I don't know as much about receiver play as even the players I'm coaching, but I'm gonna have a better relationship with him than anybody in the building. That way I can earn their trust. I'm gonna soak up everything I can from coach Sage and coach Candle, who's the head coach, who was a receiver guy. And then that way, when I, know the stuff. I have a good enough relationship with those guys so they'll trust me and they'll listen to me. So and that's really like the best part about it is just being around the guys. So I love like morning workouts, like going down, hanging out in the locker room, like being around those guys like before it starts. Like I love player meetings. Like I'm always pulling those guys up in here just cuz I like being around them. I like hearing about you know what kind of stuff they're getting into and love being around those guys. It, it is like the favorite thing for me and I fell in love with like the not the scheme part of football, but the fundamental piece, if you will. And I like seeing the development that people have. And lucky enough for me, my my tenure at Iowa State, even though I wasn't the tight ends coach right away, I still helped recruit a lot of those guys on offense. And I was doing indie work with them and we were watching film and stuff together. So I had good relationships with those guys anyways. That way when I was lucky enough to be promoted to the tight ends coach here. I already had good relationships with all those guys and those guys trusted me and they know like, and luckily for me too, at the time, I was like, I wasn't married and I I didn't have kids. Like I would be on call. Like if Alan Lazard called me and needed something, like I could show up at his door and take him wherever I needed to go. Or if he needed me, wanted to watch film late, same with like Hakeem, like Hakeem was this, you know, baby dude when we first got here and came in, left right away, hood up, didn't want to talk to anybody. Like that kid just needed somebody that like believed in them and cared about them. And I just feel like I could do a, a good job of making those guys laugh. I don't think I am certainly a, a clown, if you will. I like to I like to make people laugh. I like to get the boys going. I like to get the vibes up. Like it's really hard in, in Division One football in my mind with how long these these seasons are, and how grueling it is. And these guys are dealing with school and stuff like to keep football fresh. So if you could get those guys in and, and make them laugh and find a way to make them comfortable, I think it breaks those walls down and allows them to be more engaged in the meetings.
3: No doubt. And I'm going to brand up a story because I know Mouse won't, but like we're playing, you know, instead of noon hoops at Iowa State, it's morning hoops, right? If you want to go mm-hmm. play hoops, you're going to get in early. And we had the practice gym for the basketball was top notch, but like Mouse would go pick up one of the receivers because... This guy needs to get his stuff right. And you know who I'm talking about, Mouse. I don't need to name names, but like he would come sit and watch hoops and he would crack jokes at the staff like, you guys are ragged, like you can't guard nobody, Campbell, like all this stuff. But Mouse is the one that picked him up from the dorm. And then we're done playing hoops. He'd bring him to breakfast, get him to study. Like that's where these guys are going to take it to another level in a conference that's really hard football. And Mouse, you you brought it up of like good juice right like there's nothing that pissed me off more was when you knew it was fake and guys are just hooting and hollering to say that they're doing it but like for you like in another example like the picture floated around 6 7 years ago at this point but you're wearing the damn barstool ugly sweater yeah. you know on the sideline signaling so that you can catch the quarterback's eye right but like how do you stay fresh like how do you I mean you're not 26 anymore right you're in your 30s you know you got a girl like you got real life yeah. coming at you down the road like how do you stay that guy as you progress in your career?
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to like say that I don't take anything too serious because that's not true because there's nobody that it means more to win football games and perfect your craft than myself. But I am very good at being able to, like, make fun of myself and laugh at stuff, too. And you can, like I said before, you can see when the elements of things in these guys' lives are are wearing on them a little bit. And I do a lot of other stuff, too, to to keep myself fresh, like, if you came into my office every morning, I got the Fresh Print. I got football up on the, the monitor right here, but I watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at 6 a.m. every day it comes on. I love it, it's my favorite show. And, you know, I do that. I always have the TV on in my office. We got a million monitors here. I don't have to have football on every single one of them. If you came into my office, I got hockey jerseys up here. I got Charlie Kolar helmets and trophies. I got, I got a bunch of other stuff like football is my passion. I love it, but I'm not, you know, stapled to it and that's in, like all I think about like I play in a men's hockey league on Sunday nights me and my fiance we go to trivia stuff at a restaurant like we do a lot of stuff like that like because I do try to to keep football fresh and uh want to be able to have some focus on some other stuff I got two bulldogs that are hilarious I have to go home and mess around with them and watch a lot of dumb uh Netflix shows but yeah man I, I try to keep it loose and have fun and I'm, I'm with you, man. I hate fake energy. I'm not like, a, let's go. You know, that's not me. I'm, uh, you know, I like to make fun of those guys. I know about all their girlfriends and ex-girlfriends and stuff and bring them up, the single guys, you know, the good-looking guys you call ugly, the ugly guys you call good-looking and, you know, you find ways to, to get them going and get the boys' buzzing. And so it's just saying stuff that most football coaches probably haven't said to them in their whole life. And, try to catch them off guard a little bit. And 75% of football coaches all say the same stuff and all do the same stuff. So when you act different, you just be yourself and the kids know it's authentic. Like they know it's coming from the right spot and that's, you know, the goal. What it's all about. Yeah. And
3: Mouse, I'll say this. We're talking a lot about the rise, right? The Toledo guys up from the recruiting boom room to the position coach, you got the full-time gig. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We all know mm. that. Like. I will give you credit. Like you've been with the crew for so long. There's so many relationships. There's so much there to navigate that professionally and personally and not mix those two of having the hard conversation of what do I need to do to be full-time? How do I prove myself and hand up? I didn't always do that. Right. I got, I got gung ho on things and there's guys that, you know, it's hard, right? Like what were some of the hard times for you to be like, man, I got to take a deep breath and like, I'm putting in the extra time. I'm picking up the kid for morning breakfast. I'm there late when they need me to shoot the jugs. Like, how do you take that breath for another guy who's hearing this and be like, man, it ain't all perfect all the time. We all know that. Like, where did you, like, that moment of clarity or that pep talk to yourself, like, man, I'm just doing it the right way and that's all I can do.
0: Yeah. There were certainly a couple years here where other people were getting the jobs on the field that that I wanted that either were in the building or weren't in the building. And Coach Campbell did a good job of being – transparent with me and telling me where I needed to grow what I was ready or what I wasn't ready. And I always asked him like if I needed to leave to get those jobs and he said no and I I trusted him and I trusted Coach Manning like whenever I had another opportunity you know that wasn't here I relied on the guys that I trusted like I've seen Campbell and Manning and the good coaches that we've had here I mean the goal and stuff like that that have relied on the people that they trust because My football circle is all here, you know, for the most part. And obviously we've had some people even branch out, but I always trusted that and Campbell always has taken care of me. Like, and like, I felt like I was still surrounded by people here that really valued what I thought. And I never like felt like I needed to run my own room for like the ego boost of it or like the experience piece of it. Like I felt like I could recruit people. Like I didn't feel like I needed like the the I needed to go get on the road recruiting experience like, I just didn't think that that was like, I felt like that was a cop-out that most coaches tell people to not hire. I'm like, well, you don't have on the field recruiting experience. Like, you're telling me that you can't walk into, I find the flagpole at a high school and walk in, and be like, hey, I'm here to see Steve. I was like, that, that wasn't real to me. And that's like something that the people here told me too. And I felt like I was still getting to be around the players here that I, I had great relationships with. And like, we were having success, like we were, had really good football teams were building something successful and just like being patient and not losing focus of like what your goals are like where do you want to be in in five years like is it really about like where I want to be next fall or like what's the real big picture of this thing actually look like and i would seen a lot of people that had worked at Iowa State that had left to take go run their own room at certain levels and things like that and you know, maybe they got stuck there. Or they worked for a guy that they didn't like. And, you know, next thing you know, who knows? Like, I loved Coach Campbell. I loved our staff. Everything about it here was exactly what I wanted, and I wasn't the, the receiver coach or the tight end coach or that coach, or the line coach, or, you know, whatever. But I had a I loved coming to work every day. I loved being around the players. And for me, like, it was just all about... I never thought that I would be here anyways. Like, I played at Adams State D2 squad. I didn't know anybody. I was stuffing envelopes eight years from now and I was just patient and I always just try to do the best job. I never felt sorry for myself for anything. Like even when I didn't get it, I never was like, poor me or like why me. I wanted to know like where I wasn't good at, why I wasn't good at it, and and do better. Like I wasn't ever content. And yeah, the the biggest advice I could be is like stay focused. Don't feel sorry for yourself and just keep working and see what happens
3: last parting shot. What's next? I mean, that's, it never ends, right? You win the Fiesta Bowl, you come back and now it's winter workouts, right? Like that moment in the sun only lasts so long, right? You put in all that work and it's, all right, we got to get to the next one, right? Well, you got three new full-time guys on staff on the offense, right? Nate, well-respected coach in the building, taking over the offense. How are you growing and what is your next thing that you're focused on of like that you can control? Not talking about jobs. I'm not talking about you know, what is something that this offseason time going into spring that you're really excited to be like, man, I feel so much more confident in this. And I'm going to be, as they say, the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah. So I'm the only guy on our offense that coached their position last year. So I think like having the stability there with a veteran crew that's coming back, like having to bring that stability to the offense as a group and have my guys, you know, have the rest of the offense, like, having these other guys believe in our new coaches and we have great chemistry with our new coaches and coach Shieldhouse, it's his first time calling plays and everybody's juiced about it like how can I make his life easier what can I do like we've had a lot of we only had two coaches going on the road recruiting so we've had a lot of conversations with each other but like as far for me like I have to have the tight ends like we have to be the one of the best position groups on the team and with an offense with four other coaches coaching new positions it's easy like when things get tough like the players are going to have like doubts. Like, are the are the coaches the right guys? We're we coaching the right people. Like, we're not going to have that because as soon as that doubt creeps up, like my guys will be like, no, man, like we got the right stuff moving. Our players are like that anyways. Like everybody on offense, Coach Elos could have went and coached the O-line and they loved him. Coach Klant, our new O-line coach could have came and coached the tight ends. Like they believe in the plan that Coach Campbell has. And everybody knows, like the focus is on that. We went four and eight last year. It's not on that we have new coaches. Like the focus is we got beat by TCU by Two thousand points, and like we got to come in and go to work. So we have a long way to go, and I think keeping our players focused, keeping our staff focused, and like having great chemistry from the top, because that bleeds all the way down. And you know, like when the players can sniff that there's division One on the staff, hundred percent, yeah, it, it everything kind of unravels. So I feel like I've been with with all these coaches for a long time. Coach Pauly, Coach Langs, Coach Clanton it feels like we've been together for a lot longer than the last couple months. We have great chemistry with each other. We hang out. I mean. We hang out outside of the building, and I think when we get on the field, it feels like it's been forever since we played football. So everyone's excited to get to get to work this week and see if we could get this thing rolling. Which I know that we will, and it's going to be a fun spring.
3: Well, Mouse, good to jump on, man. I know you got just a little bit of free time in doing this, and you know the name of this podcast is Teachable Moments for exactly like this. It's good to remind those other times, right? Where you're going, where you came from, and it's doing it a little bit better. So,
2: appreciate
0: you, dude. No problem, Steve. Appreciate you, buddy.
1: As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. dot, team, dot com, slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10% off your first year we wrap things up today with our winning edge takeaways from this first teachable moments episode and steve as you look back on this episode now especially having stepped away from the time when you recorded it what were the big takeaways for you
2: Yeah, the the biggest thing, and and we said it on the intro, was the relationships, but Mouse talked about his hockey background and, you know, just that shared connection is is different and it's earned, right, not given. And, you know, being on call, so to speak, of, man, is it, you know, picking a guy up from the dorm and, you know, you got to bring him to class and whether it's just those personal responsibility things where – you look and you can have those hard conversations on the field when you've lived it in the hard moments. And I think it's really telling of why he got that role, right? Cause there is a lot of earned trust in that building. And we also talked about at the end of, you know, the shining moment in the sun, right? The fiesta bowl. And then you get into winter workouts and they had a down year and, you know, you got a new quarterback, new coaches, like, man, it, it never stops. Right. And you've got to be able to enjoy and take that breath. You know, Mouse talked about it's trivia night with his wife right? If it's watching the hockey games with the DFO who we used to live with before he moved from the Rat Pack days that we called him into that next grown-up part of what everyone goes through and there's different seasons of your life, but how do you make sure you keep that internal compass directed the right way?
1: Yeah, it was definitely an interesting story and to hear from the beginnings of, as you said, stuffing the envelopes now to coming back and preparing for the next season and wanting to get more out of it. And I think this is a good template really for what this series is about. and We certainly look forward to sharing the next one with you here on the Coaching Coordinator Podcast Teachable Moment Series. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.